Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham, joined this evening by Matt Knight. Hello there. And Joe Branton. Hello there. No Jay Cross this week, he's off on some fancy Fender knees up Who thing. Is that where he's at? Yeah, 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 he's out in... Uh... I mean, I, I knew that. I mean, <laughs> I say... he keeps sending us pictures of ridiculous custom shops? Yeah, he really does. Did you see that one today that looked like, I don't know, looked like a some sort of like porn shop Woolworths guitar? It, that, uh, was, that was weird. It that was like was... a stretch. Jazz master. Yeah. Yeah, well, very wait, odd. I quite liked the green burst telly thin line and the triple humbucker shell pink strat. That wasn't a fender guitar. Oh, wasn't it? No. That was oh. Fun. Yeah, that was was that something you sent through, Matt? That was something I sent through, yeah. Which was a what, a saw three pick three humbucker strat. It's a custom classic antique in shell pink with three humbuckers. Yeah, that looked awesome. Yeah, that and then it's just good. got the tagline, how would you build yours? Contact your sir dealer now. I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Do you remember, like, I hadn't thought about this for a little while, but do you remember Fender did a really weird range of guitars for a little while? Probably in about 2015, they had the triple Strat, which had three, like, Wait, wide range humbuckers. Really? Yeah. I don't Do you remember, remember this these, Matty? There was like triple humbucker, maybe. What was it? Triple wide range humbuckers. Wasn't yeah. It? Are you googling it right now? I, I just am, yeah. I have a vague memory. Like one of the last things that I did when I was at GAC was some videos for these guitars, and there were like a couple of really weird ones. They were just odd. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure you'll find I it. Matt. I can't find it. Okay. Weird. We I remember to... it being a Teddy, which was the John Five. Yeah. Uh yeah that I mean that was they had a, that was unbelievably cool that had the three by three headstock but they had a strat with really similar aesthetics I mean I want a, a three humbucker stratocaster that that I'm into well I mean it was available for a time I'm sure oh, it was man. called the triple strat or something oh, that's a great name Just, I mean I remember around that time the uh, the triple telly came out which had three of the uh, twisted telly. Uh, bridge pickup. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> no, I think I'll tell you what. Really think, I'll Tom t- Peters bought one. I'll tell you what I'm thinking. That was one of the guitars. Yeah, it was great. The Strat was a two wide range humbucker oh, Strat. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that Do makes you- more sense. That was a great series of guitars. That that triple uh, telly, uh, Tom Peters from Alpha Male Tea Party, who we've we've done a couple of yeah. things with. Um, he had uh, he he bought one of those and plays it all the time now. It sounds amazing. It's I bet. like the most present aggressive sounding telly you I can... remember it sounding really good yeah fantastic yeah. 
really talking good. of um odd guitars i reverb up a really interesting article about guitars that need like a sequel or reissuing and they were talking about the fender lead series which i've never heard of before yeah they're like um weird kind of like tellies sort of sort of like i I hate to say double cut strat because strats are really double cut but it's like the top horn is like the same level as the lower horn and it's just got one humbucker on it yeah i'm like that is awesome that looks amazing yeah, like, I, have I never seen that before? I've never ever heard of that before. Yeah, there's um, there's plenty out there. I need to read that article. That sounds all right. What would you do if you could do a sequel to anything, Joe Branton? Oh, uh, I don't know that everything ever's been good. Um, maybe, uh, maybe they don't really do an Esquire in the standard line at the moment. Okay, so Esquire two. Yeah, I'd have the Esquire two, and it would have a st- two pickups. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> it would have two bridge pickups. Okay. Tight together, but not not a humbucker. Right, so it's just close together. Two different options. You know how like the Stephen Carpenter, yeah, seven string has the two humbuckers yep. like right next to each other, okay, like that, but with two angled single coils. Okay, it'd be amazing. Interesting, Matty. What are you saying? Um, do you know one guitar? Maybe not necessarily a sequel, but something that needs reissuing, and I think they need to do it properly. Yamaha SGs, the classic. Yamaha SGs. Yeah, I mean, RevStars are... No, they're not. No, they're not. I mean, (laughs) proper Yamaha SG. Yeah, I would... SG 1000, I guess. I really enjoy spending time at the chiropractor, so I'm up for that as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they are weighty. They sound (laughs) so good. They do sound incredible. Or the Guild SGs. Do you remember, like, the the one that um, the guy from Soundgarden played? They started doing them again. Yeah, Guild are back back on on track. Yeah. They're doing stuff again. Yeah, I'm telling you. You can buy... Yeah, you can buy Guild SGs again. Yeah, they're actually doing all their uh, Westerly acoustics, the Guild Westerly yeah. acoustics as well, um, which were which were super awesome, sort of like Martin Killer um, acoustics. They've started that up again as well. Uh, Guild, I'm I'm so up for Guild. What yeah. were those Guild basses that we always used to see come through the shop every now and again? Uh, like uh, there, the there was a two pickup and a one pickup version. Kind of P90 style pickups, but yes. obviously not because it was bass. What is that guitar called? Loads of fretless ones. It's called like the G40 or something. I couldn't tell you. Maybe that's yeah. the SG. B4, B70? Yeah, B70. I think something like that. Matty, Google it. Guild B70 while you're there. Yeah. I will. Matt's like Oracle today. It's yeah. just if we need something <laughs> like Batman, just, you know, radio up and uh, he gets um, gets the info. Oops. Guild B70, I'm oh, sure. Oh, yeah. It's like um <clears throat> like an arch top, like a double cut. No, nope. oh, no, wait, that's a stop. Nope. No. I'm sure it's called the B70. But um, yeah, uh, was it the B three hundred one? Yes, that's it. That's yeah, it. B three hundred one, of course. Great basses, and there's also a guitar version as well, which looks um, kind of similar. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sounds like a little... They were the sort of thing that a few years ago were going for like two hundred quid, and oh, now they's... like they're a grand. Oh, I see them going for like seven hundred, seven fifty, which is about the right sort of price. They are fantastic basses. If you want like a through neck mahogany sort of single or double pickup, absolute slice of the seventies. Also fretless options. Fretless options. Every like all, loads of them were fretless because that pickup was quite tight up at the bridge. Yeah, and it was that Go sort there. of genesis. <laughs> yeah, sort of everyone, you know, sledgehammer sort of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're um they're good little guitars, those. Yeah, I'm excited to see Guild back. Oh, good uh, old Guild. Yeah. So, what's everyone been up to this week, Matt? What have you done? Anything guitar related this week? Um, I was actually away most of the weekend, but I did come back yesterday and had a little bit of a mess around. But today was more important because I took loan 
of a DV Mark Micro Jazz 50, which was the finally the head version of the little mini jazz amp they released um, several years ago. And it's absolutely wicked. I'm was excited just, about this. Was it the one yeah. that, in the combo, was it the one that had, was like little 10 or 12-inch speaker open back? We we talked about it briefly, I think, last week, where the combo, they did an 8-inch combo and a 10-inch combo, but the 10-inch was like, weighed absolutely nothing. The 8-inch yeah, yeah, combo speaker. was the popular one because it was like sub 400 pounds. It was white. Um, it, it was a 50-watt amp head built in. It was the crystal cleanest thing you've ever yeah. seen. You could carry it around it anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So this is basically a simple um, single-channel 50-watt head with bass, middle, treble, um, onboard digital reverb, volume, effects loop, um, and they're like less than 300 euros. Amazing. It's like super clean. You Basically, you can't distort it even if you turn it up full. Um, and it works great if you want like a stereo amp. You want like another amp to run a good stereo rig. takes pedals really well. It's brilliant. I love that's DVR. basically kind of what I bought it for. Considering you don't like Mark Bass, the fact you love DV Mark is confusing <laughs> to me. I really <laughs> because it makes sense for guitar for stuff to have like to be super clean, have loads of headroom, and be able to take pedals well. Bass should have character. Guitar needs to have no character, so you can apply that character with your pedal board. Okay, fine. I, I don't mean, agree with that in the slightest. But uh... <laughs> I mean, I would say it's probably about the size. It's a little bit bigger. Maybe an M5 and another half of an M5. That's the size. It's absolutely diddy. So you could even put it on your pedal board. Just you have everything on your board. Your well, yeah. yeah. yeah I you was... could put it under your pedal board. Do you think? Well, you, maybe you could make like an angled wedged pedal board and then have that like on the front plate. So okay. Like faces the audience and then just plug your lead into that. Or just, just get... half patch bay and half... Like get, pedal board. Get them to do a Man Night Special Edition where all the controls are on the top. Yeah. Or just get... Well, what about this? You're, you're not talking about the Seymour Duncan Power Stage 170. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that, that goes straight on your pedal board. It looks gorgeous in that sort of like brushed aluminium. You've got bass, middle and treble and a great big knob on the front for volume. <laughs> Stop it. Think what? It's more expensive than the amp head. What? Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Probably just get the DV Mark. Yeah, that's true. I think uh, the DV Mark Microjazz is 289 euros. That's crazy. That's crazy. They're just... It's um, so good for the money. I was like, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Um, DV Marks make such good stuff. Yeah. And then I also um, I did a bit of a um, video shoot this week for some bits of work. I was using a Katana artist. And I was like first time i actually like sat down and cranked one up and i was like man this thing sounds really good <laughs> like, were... i've played loads of the other katanas but i hadn't plugged the artist in properly and i'm like oh maybe i need to buy a katana have you not got More a katana Joe's... i just haven't got one i haven't needed to buy one it's, yeah, I guess at home you're kind of covered for amps and stuff. Well, exactly, and I actually don't have any more space. I've uh, got loads of katanas, mate. You should. You, should you take, have actually have got loads of katanas. It's really <laughs> weird. Well, they're, they're well, really good. Is that thanks to Joe, everyone in his uh, scene of band friends are now buying katanas. So yeah, thanks, true. Joe. Just going around this little silent salesman. Math for you. rock is suddenly becoming like a solid state. Yes. Uh, Ditching the orange. Um, yeah, everyone's moving from orange to katana. So it's almost like <laughs> it's the 80s. Head, headless guitars, <laughs> yeah. solid state amps, yeah. rack gear. It's all coming. 
this will come all of this has happened before no he's not here you're oh, not okay. allowed to say it right. um yeah so how quickly will that stuff fall out of fashion mm, yeah how Never. soon will your all your effects become the new digitech 2120 i mean people have already started to downsize their boards there's a big thing with like down like, like there's a one of the one of the most popular sort of upcoming bands in math rock at the moment are this uh uh, this Bristol band called Chioda Koo and Chioda uh, Chioda <laughs> Koo. Um, it's it's a place in in Japan, I think. Okay. Um, but uh, they uh, um, they've started to do this whole like minimal thing. Well, basically, right. they got robbed and lost all their gear, <laughs> <laughs> and so they used it as an opportunity to switch up to a super minimal setup. So the guitarist and the bass player don't have any effects okay. now at all. And the drummer is like kick drum, snare, hats. I, th- I think there's a flaw. I think there's a flaw. And Someone in the it. audience goes, play one of the old ones. And they're like, we literally cannot. <laughs> we can't do it. But so it's, it's causing a revolution. I think people are going to start to go old school. Lo-fi. Lo-fi is the way I, I don't forward. think. And you start no, buying strats. Yeah. But I'm getting old. That is true. You're aging out of the math scene. Yeah, that's it. That's are you true. are you seen as like the granddaddies of math? Absolutely. Yeah. We, yeah. Because math's a young person's game. We're the granddads. Really? You've got like kids and that. Well, I don't. But what? you know, one of the other. We're not supposed to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. It's probably for the best. Probably yeah. for the best. And um, you've also been doing some guitar stuff this week. Um, hanging out with your old mate Ed Sheeran. That's right. I uh, I put aside some time at the end of this week and had a big well earned go on the Ed Sheeran uh, acoustic, <laughs> the Martin LX Ed Sheeran. Okay, how was it? Uh, it's It was surprisingly good. I actually thought it was okay. Look, the fact is, and I only realised this afterwards, you can just get a Martin LX. You don't have to get yeah, the yeah, Ed Sheeran yeah. one. Yeah, and the, then basically it's just as good, but doesn't have his stupid logo on it. So this is, what, the third Ed Sheeran model, I think? Something like that? Yeah, he's had one for every album, and I think it's had a different like luminous colour on each one. So I think the first one was like green and had like a plus symbol or something. The second one was red, had a multiply symbol. Yeah. This one has a divided symbol and is luminous blue. Right. Like on the on the fretboard and yes. on the headstock yeah, yeah. and on the rosette. Yes, but they're actually like great. They are so well built. Like yeah. they're so heavy duty. They're quite weighty. Really, th- the Sickless spruce on on the top is really really thick. Um, rich light fingerboard, and it's got that uh, you know that ply birch thing or that laminate yeah, birch yeah on the neck, neck yeah that they do, which is super cool. Where it kind of fans out as it goes into the body, yeah, and to, into the headstock as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I, man, I you know I, I hate him as well. I don't I don't care. Like I don't care about the dude. But like I was like, this is a good guitar. But then I found out you can actually just, just get buy it without one. his head. And I was like, oh, that's oh, I just. I'll do that. The problem is, and I don't know if it's still still the case, but when we were uh, working at the shop, you could just never get LX1s. They were like, yeah, we can't, literally cannot make them as fast well, as people think, want to buy them. Yeah, I think that was the thing. Before they did the signature model, um, you basically, they were out of stock because that's the only guitar that Ed Sheeran played. Yeah. Um, and then they did the signature ones, and then you basically can never get the signature ones. The thing for me is that I thought they were great guitars, but they sounded, to me, they didn't sound great unplugged. But when you plugged them in, they sounded absolutely fine. Yeah. We actually, that's, where, that's why the GS Mini for me always won over as a better guitar because it sounded great unplugged. I need um, to dig out my GS Mini again. It's been in the conservatory and I think that's probably, it's taken a bit of a beating setup wise. I, I don't think there, there is or will ever be a case where the Taylor counterpart of something is better than the Martin version. I don't think that is ever going to happen. In this particular case, I think you're wrong. Mm. In general, well, the further you go up the range... 
it's definitely more about personal preference. Obviously, Martin's a bit darker sounding, a little bit more kind of natural, whereas the Taylor's a bit brighter, a little bit more kind of hi-fi sounding. I think particularly if you're using them on stage and you want to plug them in, Taylor's benefit in that arena and Martin's, I tend to think, sound a little bit better unplugged in general. Yeah. On these smaller ones, I much prefer the GS Mini. Believe it or not, we actually, we, we did like a, at work, we did a demo video of the new Ed Sheeran LX and we actually reshot it because I wasn't happy with the, we just did it plugged in first. Right. And I was like, yeah, I don't know yeah. if I can do anything with this because I was doing the, I was mixing the sound I for mean, it. you never plug stuff in. No, I know, we shouldn't have. We, we were doing a looping thing, so it made sense for us to plug it in. Right. But we just redid it with a 57 on the sound hole and was like, oh, this is actually a million times okay. better. So, Interesting. Mm. Yeah, I would, so you didn't use a room mic? No. Yeah. Hmm. I'll be curious to hear what that sounds like. Yeah. On, on the LX1, say. Yeah, yeah, on the actual Ed Sheeran. Yeah, because I think that's that's the thing. They don't project very much, so you have to kind of get a, quite a close mic to it to yeah. get anything out of it. Because room sound, they just they're in their own tiny little bubble. Yeah. Which is about two. Feet yeah, it's that, it's, the, it's the same thing that all parlor acoustics have in that they're very directional. Yeah. Yeah. I quite like yeah. that. I quite like their a, a kind of abrupt nature. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's why I like the GS Mini. Yeah, it is cool. It's a good little uh, little guitar. Mm. Did you get your hands on any other guitars this week? Uh, this week there was actually quite. Um, there's, I saw the, you the Rickenbacker at one point. Oh then. man, there's a yeah. There was a British Racing Green uh, 330. Is that what it was? Because oh, you were holding it up, and I was like, yeah, it it's looked, just a black 330. Yeah, like, yeah, no. seen loads of them. Yeah, it was a British Racing Green 330, and it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it, and and. You know, Rickenbackers so rarely sort of come through anymore, and when they do, they're so often sold already. And because yeah. it's, um, and to be honest, part part of it is because I obviously I work at the office, and because we get so few Rickenbackers when they come in, they tend to go straight down the shop. So I rarely get a chance to sit down with one, and I I love I love the um, the uh, the string spacing and how. Um, narrow that, yeah. that string spacing is and I, I love the scale length on Ricky's I think they're great so I'd, yeah I had a great time in the 330 and then we had more I can't remember we, we talked about all the Amazon Gibson stuff that came yeah. through did we talk about that last week yeah the week? little M2s is that what they're the called the M2 Melody Makers the SG Fusions yeah. and there's the Firebird Zeros as yeah, well I remember we, we sort of argued about the colours last week oh yeah that's right but there was also uh, from that range the S series, you know, the S series and Gibson, it's like their uh, traditional meets modern. It's like their hybrid range. No, well, they had is. the they had the denim Les Paul. Uh, okay, turn up, turn up this week. Um, so, Real denim? No, it's just like a de- it's status like, quo signature, like a Levi's jean color through wood, but it's an ash Les Paul. Okay, with a maple neck. Every you know, time Gibson r- do a new range, there always has to be one sneaky Swamp Ashless pull. Yeah. Always. It's, it's so <laughs> weird. It's so weird. Yeah, with um, uh, just like a pair of like quite basic humbuckers in there and uh, a contoured heel. Yeah, that you showed me a picture and I was like, okay, well, it's, it's just, so you know, weird. it's like a Les Paul studio shape uh, in this weird denim blue colour. But it's, it's, it's the... Do you remember when they did the Smartwood Swamp Ashless pull? That's what started this whole like... Okay, if we're just going to throw in a like a Swamp Ash Les Paul in every new range. And I was like, oh, okay, that's this year's version of that for a guitar that most people don't want, but it's kind of interesting that it's there. Yep, and then, then you showed me the back of it, and I was like, why have they done this? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It's weird. It is weird. And it's got the Melody Maker headstock as well. Um, which I'm into it's on Melody Maker. It's a very weird guitar. Yeah, it's a really weird guitar, but it's like a really affordable 
Les Paul. What are they, like 699 or something? Something like that, yeah. But um, I mean, For someone who is less kind of nerdy and into stuff than we are, it's probably a guitar where they'd walk in and go, 699, American-made Les Paul, absolutely fantastic. For us, I think we'd kind of be like, yeah, it's cool, but I don't get it. I don't, yeah, I don't understand know. what's going on. At six hundred and ninety nine pounds, there are there are it's cheap for a Les Paul. It's not yeah. cheap for a guitar, and there is sure. there is there are a lot of corners cut on on that instrument to, yeah. to make it six nine nine. That I just think other companies aren't cutting those corners for that price point. So as much as I absolutely love Gibson at their sort of standard level, and I'm quite happy to pay the price point, um, I I just think their their entry level stuff is just too rough and ready. I'm I'm kind of want to just see it in the flesh. I might go down to the shop and see this that cutaway in the flesh. Do it. I think we got twenty weird. of them, mate. They're going to okay. be around a while. Okay, I'll um I'll go and check it out. Um, anything else anyone wants to cover before we dive into news? No, I'll take that as a resounding no. In that case, let's dive into news. You almost forgot. No, I didn't. Oh, you, I was ready. You left a gap. Yeah. Oh, oh. you know what else is new? There, there was a new Guitar Nerds video. Oh, yeah. We should talk about that before we dive into news. Um, new Guitar Nerds video up on the channel this week. You should check it out. Top five weirdest signature models. Yeah. Uh, signature signature model effects pedals. Effects pedals, yeah. Um, something that we've talked about, uh, about on the Patreon before, uh, yeah. which helped formulate this list. But if you missed that Patreon episode, you can go and um, check out the video because it's, uh, it's a much more kind of snappy concise version of that of that conversation um yeah, yeah but it's been getting some good feedback mm, people yeah. are like yeah yeah that's a good list i guess we can't talk about any of them well no because it'll spoil, the, spoil it yeah, spoil yeah. It for anyone. i think it's probably best the left. crossroads is there the digitech crossroads is an honorable mention i would yeah. say in the list it hasn't quite made it through to the uh, the top five but i love that digitech crossroads well you know it's just it's a very weird pedal mm. um but yeah i um i like it a lot yeah it's banging yes Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And with that, we should dive into a whole big barrel of... New... Talking about Gibson guitars, um, first up this week, Gibson have announced the Lexus model. Oh my God, what is happening? The Gibson Lexus Pole. 
Yeah. Is its official name? Is that actually that's what it's what, called? The Lexus that's what pool. It says on, that's what it says on the trash rod cover. Blimey. Uh, it's not even made it onto their website, um, but they did announce it via Twitter and Instagram in collaboration with Lexus for their new model of car. Um, they have made a 57 historic <laughs> um, classic uh, Gibson Les Paul with three humbuckers with a Lexus logo inlay on the first fret. Historic. And a new- <laughs> yeah, very, very vintage. Um, and... Uh, yeah, Les Paul Lexus inlay on the first fret and then Lexus Paul on the truss rod cover. I think we uh, should point out that it's quite nice. Oh, so it, as a guitar, it looks absolutely banging and then you look at that first fret and there's just the Lexus logo. Oh, uh, it's funny because it obviously divides everyone. Like, There's some people like, oh, I think it's a quite a nice looking guitar and people are like, this is the end of Gibson. Oh my yeah, God, I mean, what are they doing? I love the car. I, I was looking at the, the tweet um, from Gibson about it that's very much like, hashtag only Gibson is good enough. And, you know, it's, it's some nice pictures of it and, like, phrases like brand synergy. And then, like, first comment is, like, very odd. Just don't get it. You know, next one well, down. Next one down is hashtag RIP Gibson. <laughs> well, look, this is the thing. Actually, I, I, the, the thing is I saw that and I, and I read the comments and I was like, okay. And I was like, I bet I can find someone who would want this guitar. So my dad has been a Lexus modern car owner for about 15 years. I went, dad, look, they're doing this Gibson Lexus Les Paul. And he went, oh, amazing. I'd buy that. Right. And there you go. That, 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 that's it. People who own those sort of cars, who want something to match the car to hang up in their living room. That's... They're not, they're not players guitar. And, you know, in a way, Gibson, people were going to complain. Like, oh my God, I can't believe it. And it's like, there's no price. I'm guessing it's probably like seven grand. But the thing is, if they only make a hundred, there is definitely a hundred people out there who own a Lexus who have got enough money who think, do you know what? Probably buy that. And I wouldn't be surprised if the reason it's not on the website is that they're selling these in to Gibson uh, to Lexus car yeah, dealerships. Maybe, maybe. And you and you get one with the car, or it's an option to buy it with the car. It's it's just when your company's in a position like Gibson is now now is maybe not the time to make something that's so exclusive that it excludes 99% of your your customers but not only excludes them like makes a mockery of them it's so unbelievably off-brand and like it's so arrogant it's so it's so Tory like it's such a it's such a heavily weird like gormless thing to do like why would you why would you think that this is ever going well, to help well, your marketing by excluding the thing, people the thing is when i was um when i went to the gibson custom factory a couple of years ago the cuss factory i like that just <laughs> you know just, oh, whatever. um there was a wall it must have had i would say maybe 300 guitars on it in like bags or hard cases that had names like hummer les paul and like Ferrari Les Paul and Elvis Signature and stuff like like all these weird guitars that they obviously make never see the light of day. Literally just go in a case. And I wouldn't be surprised with this if Lexus went. Like, we just reach out to Gibson and have a guitar made. Like, yeah, yeah. I reckon it was commissioned. And I, like again, I I I think it's a weird choice, but I think from the other side of the business that we probably don't know about, it was probably like more Lexus just going, we'll pay. 
I imagine it's probably Henry's right. Henry's gone to some gala dinner and the CEO of Lexus is there. They've sat on the same table and they've gone, oh, we could do your guitar. Oh, we'd love a guitar. Thanks. It's probably that sort of thing, I'd imagine. Yeah. But yeah. what I mean, what I don't understand is don't double down on this stuff in the marketing at the moment. Well, like yeah. that is the crazy thing for me. And, and the crazy thing is like, you know, we were saying at the beginning of the podcast um, with Jay being at this Fender thing and then looking at Sir and some of these other companies making like custom guitars right now for half the price and you can order whatever you want. Yeah. How are Gibson making these and going, they're going to be eight grand. When yeah. you look at it and you go, it doesn't look like eight grand's worth of guitar. And yet you can, and you, as we've said countless times since January, when I bought my music man, it's like, look at music man guitars and look what they're doing for two and a half grand and go oh, it's so odd yeah the pricing to me i think that's the thing more than anything i'm like i don't understand their pricing yeah i yeah i um, but the thing is i've got no po- i've got no problem at all with them making expensive guitars and also doing limited stuff i don't care but what you should be saying what for me the way i would handle gibson's marketing now is i would say you know we're still making the classic guitars for somewhere between a thousand and two thousand pounds in america in america yeah we're making the classic les paul in america no frills the rock and roll machine that's powered you know music for the last 60 years um and you can buy one right now be part of that legend be part of that history not okay, we're going to send out a tweet that basically says we're making guitars that you can't afford based on cars that you can't afford, probably <laughs> in a style that you hate that is has nothing to do with our rock and roll legacy. That just seems complete, completely bonkers. Still make that guitar and, you know, someone walks into a Lexus dealer and goes, oh, that's cool, whatever, you know, nice. I'll get the car and I'm a bit of a, les- bit of a Gibson fan. I've got loads of money. That's a cool thing to have in my house. Don't lead with that. That's not your top story. That's not your headline story. Your headline story should be, by the way, we make American made. We're still one of the only companies that makes guitars with our name on in America, um, you know, exclusively in America. And they start at six nine nine, yeah. right up to two thousand pounds. And you can own the same guitar that Jimmy Page played, or you know, you could, the same guitar that it played on all those records that you love. Not his. Oh, by the way, you'll never have a Lexus, and you'll never have this guitar. Yeah. That's our marketing. Well, I was just scrolling through there their twitter <laughs> their twitter is not, exceptionally bad and there's not a single picture of like normal les paul no i'm like and, and you know think when you were talking about it, i was thinking about it i was like actually you'd never see gibson just talk about a les paul no and then you compare that's very odd compare that to fender and you know the work that they were doing at things like the great escape where they had loads of young bands on they've obviously all bands that play fender all young bands these days play fender no one plays gibson at the moment as we've seen and we've talked about before um and fender are doing such a good job you know if you look at their like twitter and their facebook they showcase new bands that are like oh yeah by the way they play jazz master jazz masters are cool um but it's it's not just it's not just the people they get involved with it's the ranges that they make introducing the offsets expanding their color range so that they they had colors that were appealing to young people everything they've released like even sort of the higher ends like the professional the uh, the American originals, yeah, and then you know the uh, the the offsets, and and even right down to an FSR surf green bullet teddy. Like they yeah. are, they know what they're doing. They're yeah. they're making all the right stuff to get guitars in people's hands. Plus, yeah. Fender play, they've gone. Oh, people aren't 
picking up guitar so much. Let's make a platform that's really well funded that supports people picking up a guitar and getting started. That's amazing. Meanwhile, Gibson make a Lexus Paul. Yeah. And it, I love Gibson. And it, but it's so odds with the statements made by Henry where he was saying, you know, what we're doing, we're struggling to get young people on board because, you know, these are old man guitars. At, you know, guitar is an old man thing. Um, what we need to do is, you know, update the technology and update our designs. And actually Fender have gone, no, no, no. What people want is like the designs from the past. It's like... They just want them in like different colours. It's like Henry's idea of young people is is sort of something out of Tron or like the girl sure. in Jurassic <laughs> Park who was a hacker. Like yeah. that, that's what he thinks young people are and they're obsessed with technology, right? We need technology in the guitar. Yeah. Yeah, exactly that. And, you know, that's been quite evident in the last few years. Do you remember there was an Ethernet out guitar that they did for a little while? Because yeah. that was supposed to be the future, you know, digital signal. Well, even that Tascam pack. Yeah, well, totally. Yeah, very, very, very odd. The fact that the guitar comes with a sound card. And in a way, I can kind of see it. You know, they're encouraging home recording. But if that was... That pack was £3,000. Well, this is, yeah, this is the problem. If it was an Epiphone pack that included, you know, Epiphone Les Paul Special 2, um, plus, a, you know, instead of an amp, maybe thinking, oh, do you know what? Most people don't have room for an amp or don't have the ability to turn it up. What everyone does have is a phone or a laptop. So we're going to plug, instead of giving you an amp in your Les Paul Special 2 pack, you're going to get an interface that you can plug into your phone, plug headphones into your phone, and you're getting way better sounds than you ever would with a practice amp. Instead of doing that, they went, no, no, no. We're going to put it with an orange custom shop um, 335. It's so backwards. You know, there's so many... What really riles me up about Gibson, and we talked about it in the video, and in no way I'm kind of one of those internet Gibson haters because I think a lot of the things said about the company are just false. You know, uh, firstly, but also very misguided. But there's so many things that they could just tweak the business model and the marketing slightly, and everyone would be like, okay, they're actually making steps in the right direction. But instead, they're putting out press releases and tweets and and spending thousands of pounds on the video that came out with this on promoting the fact they're doing a Lexus Les Paul, which, as you say, Matt, it will be a limited run, and yes, they'll all sell. But in that case, did they need to do this marketing? Is this well, just like a backfire? Couldn't they have just put them on the walls in Lexus dealers and gone, there you go, do you want it? Just buy it. So, yeah. yeah it, I, I, I think as well, it just like you say, I think one thing where Fender are really like miles above anyone else in pretty much every brand, I think, is their artist relations. Yeah, 100%. Having the artist behind it and then people looking and aspiring to be those people and being fans of those musicians and those bands from all levels and going, they play that guitar, I want that guitar. Yeah. And at the moment, with Gibson, there's only two real people I can think of that are big, you know, like a big attraction for them, and that's Slash and Joe Bonamassa. Yeah, and kids don't know who that is. <laughs> no, they know who Slash is, because yeah. Guns N' Roses is massive, but Bonamassa is only really appealing to one market, which is becoming quite saturated. Yeah. And that's the thing, they're not getting like new young people playing Gibsons and then showing that off where that's exactly what Fender are doing and it works because especially when we worked on the shop floor you could see it you could see the trends of what people were buying relating to exactly what music was popular at that point definitely and this kind of almost reminds me of the time you know in the 80s where young people didn't want to play Gibson guitars that was like their dad's guitar and what they wanted to play was Ibanez and Jackson you know things that were 
totally different from what had come before. And there's, what an you know, awful time that must have been. Well, yes and no. Like, I've still got quite a bit of a soft spot for, like, early Charvel stuff, you know, which is basically they took a strat and they went, these pickups aren't hot enough, put in a, a humbucker, and they went, oh, okay, you know, Eddie Van Halen does all that weird stuff. I'll just put a Floyd Rose on that. And they're really simple guitars. They're not particularly, you know, it's not like they were doing neon green at that point. They were just like, oh, it's basically a Strat, but simplified and made for higher output. Um, And it kind of reminds me of that. You know, Fender are really listening to that and playing off that and using that in their marketing. And Gibson just aren't doing it. They're just not doing that in the slightest. Yeah. Um, And that seems weird to me. Surely it just seems like there needs to be someone there who goes, hang on. Why don't we just do this? And then, but, uh, you know, I don't know how the company's they, structured. They, it's not that they, this is the thing. It's not that they don't have the products. It's not that they don't have uh, an 899 Les Paul, a 1,200-pound Les Paul, an 1,800-pound yeah. Les Paul that are all nice and have different things. Like the 1,200-pound one, I can't remember what that is. Is that the classic? I think that's the classic or the tribute. Traditional? Which is, uh, no, I think traditional. Classic, is I think, is the cheaper okay. one of the two. Okay, so, so anyway, whichever one, the, the classic or, or tribute, uh, I think the classic, I think you're right, is, you know, a satin finish sort of, you know, 59 style, like Les Paul, but, you know, in a satin finish, still with a nice sort of, you still get a nice, like, honey burst on it. And it, it has corners cut because it's a more affordable line. That's in the, in the sort of more satin finish, but it's still a, traditional looking cool les paul no marketing behind it nothing they're not pushing that model and that for me like that's the one it's like that's cool because that's your offset you know that's that's an american made sub a thousand pounds that's a fender killer and there's nothing behind it they're not putting it anyone's hands they're not releasing fsr models of it in weird colors you know that that's that's the thing they should be mopping up on even like the 1800 pound stuff that they do is fantastic but just again zero marketing behind that and to me it seems you know if we can't sit here and all pick out okay 1299 that's the classic or the tribute or whatever you know because that seems a problem to me and because you know a lot of stock uh, shops still have stock from 2015 some stock shops still even have stock from 2013 yeah um you know, there's so many different guitars oh, this at is it. all the, the different price points. A new it's range, like, a, a new range every year. And like, do you know what? Today at work, some new 2018 stuff came out, like some stuff that hadn't landed yet. Right. But the bulk of 2018 came out last, last summer. Yeah. You know, so it's like, oh, right. Oh, there's this. Oh, this is new stuff for 2018. So the, the range is expanding, even though we all know that 2019 has already been leaked on the internet as yes. well. So. Well, obviously, we can't talk about that. Yeah. But, well, that, that was uh, Gibson leaked it themselves. Well, we can't talk about it because nothing's confirmed. Yeah, but um, I would, yeah, I would say that the guitars themselves are fantastic. And if you were walking into a store and, you know, like you say, you've got 1299 to spend and you've got... Um, the Fender stuff, American Pro, and you've got Gibson stuff at 1299. It's not as simple as just going, oh, the Fender one's better, because that isn't true at all. But, it, and not saying it's not true, it might be better for you, the Fender one might be better for you, but those guitars are of equal quality. The problem is that I know I've got 1299 to spend. I can tell you off the top of my head what Fender model I'll be looking at, and I can tell you probably my options either side of it. If I do that with Gibson, and you know, considering we talk about this stuff every week, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you what the 1299 guitar is called. I couldn't tell you exactly what the cheaper, slightly cheaper options are. And I couldn't tell you what the slightly more expensive options are. The range is too confusing. Mm. And yes, they're trying to slim it down each year. 
but shops have still got stuff left from you know five years ago in some yeah. cases. Yeah, that, there's still that, some still some 2013 stuff kicking around as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, anyway, how did we get here? This is quite a. It was a rabbit hole. Oh, yes. the Gibson Lexus pool. Yeah. We got into a Lexus and we really <laughs> drove off on it. Um, let's talk about something else. Talking- Speaking of things that are expensive, yes, the Dell Electro Cash Cow. That's right. So, um, so this is not actually Dan Electro. It's Billionaire. Oh, sorry. Of course, uh, Dan Electro uh, introduced um, Billionaire as a completely different company and even set up its own website, billionairetone.com and it's marketed as Billionaire by Dan I Electro. love it. I love this it. This is, uh, yeah, the completely nonsensical... Talk, talk about good branding. <laughs> this, <laughs> yeah, okay. So so we've spoken about these things before and I think um, one thing Dan Electro have been really good at this year is they obviously recently employed a marketing department. Yes. Which is, uh, you'll notice that, that everyone from Mary Spender to Rob Chappers has got a, uh, a video Not, not out. us though, Joe. How did that happen? Oh, no way. I think they did. No, oh, I think I do have them like in my in one of these cupboards somewhere. Brilliant. Um, Brilliant. But, you know, yeah. We haven't done anything with them. Anyway, um, <laughs> the, uh, these, these, are, these are great. The, the Billionaire uh, Dan Electro series pedals, it was quite an unusual range because I think they released like a drive, a boost, a spinning speaker, and I can't remember what and the... And the power supply that you four, put four 9-volt <laughs> batteries four into. four 9-volt batteries. It's so good. It's such a weird range. Anyway, they've expanded it by one pedal, and they've introduced the new Cash Cow Drive, which is uh, which is a, a new addition, a second drive available in the Billionaire series. Um, the the Cash Cow is uh, supposed to emulate that of a a uh, hundred watt stack, so it's like a it's a high ish gain um, supercharged drive. Very different from uh, the the other drive. I can't remember the name of it in their series, but it was far more of a um, like a blues driver style thing. So this yeah. is a this is a much more high gain, big fat. Uh, uh, drive and it sounds good from I was watching uh, Rob Chappers and uh, Dave Hollingworth doing a, a little video demo of it sounds fine sounds great and I actually think the the chassis uh, of these pedals are, are very good like surprisingly yeah we all said they were plastic and they're actually metal aren't yeah they? they're yeah. actually sort of and, and, and look pretty chunky and cool so yeah I think um, these are they're fine I mean I don't care about high gain drives so <laughs> it's difficult to get excited but New pedal in the range, $79, you know, like these pedals are super affordable. I think I'd sooner buy one of these than one of the TC um, drives in that affordable yeah. range. So um, I think um, I think what I'll do is I'll wait like 15 years for the whole range to come out and then I'll just collect them all. Yeah, it's probably yeah. the best way. <laughs> idea. Probably the best way. <laughs> they, um, they've got good names, but they're not quite fish and chips, are they? Mm. No, no. Where's my like, you know, chili dog and... French toast. Ah, oh, so good, so good. We've got a guitar nerd video about those soon as well. It's going to be, um, it's going to be excellent. Um, talking about excellent pedals, um, Mataverse have just announced the Quadramix. Yes. Um, what a time for this to come out because I was actually looking for something just like this. Um, Matt from Mataverse has released, yeah, the Quadramix, which is a, basically a four input to two output mixer. So um, I, I don't understand what this is. Actually, listeners, behind the scenes uh, details here, this one was given to me to to talk about on the news, but I don't understand what it is, so I had to give it to Matt. What is it? It's, I mean, I basically just said exactly what it is. I it's don't understand four, that. 
It's a what? A, a, you know what a mixer is, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's something. It's something that Joe you puts in a drink with gin. Oh, yeah. I should have said that. <laughs> I, uh, so, you mean whiskey? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Whiskey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whiskey it, is his mixer with gin. Yeah. It's basically a PA mixer or an input mixer for your pedal board, allowing you to plug four separate things in, and then have them all summed to either one or two outputs. Wait, what are your four things? Well, for example, so it's got two um, high impedance and two low impedance inputs. So you could have two keyboards and two guitars. But you're only going to be playing one at a time, right? Well, take, for example, the random tone generator from Electroharmonics. Say if you wanted your random tone generator to go at the same time as your guitar, but your pedals have only got one input. So you can run two things in at once and then one out and then into your pedal board. And because it's a mixer, it's got four volume controls, you can fade stuff in and out. Or, for example, if you put a looper at the beginning. A drum machine. Like, or drum machine, yeah. But the, the great thing is the outputs also have headphones. So if you've got keyboards and stuff, you can go into those. You can go straight out into headphones. Um, I cool. think it's a really cool little product. There's a couple of other people that do similar. Um, like, I think Red Panda make one, but there's nothing that does that has the four inputs and the master volume. And all the inputs go beyond Unity Gain as well, so you can, like, distort them as well which i think is quite cool so you can like totally overload the inputs and then you've still got a master volume control no, but it's great cool. if you play a kit if you for example even if you don't play them at the same time um you know if you just want to play guitar and then you want to switch to keyboard without unplugging and plugging in it's a perfect solution because you can just turn the volume down on one and then turn it up on the other when you want to go over to it yeah or if you've got like an acoustic guitar that you use for like one song or two songs or whatever yeah. then you yeah you just don't need a it kind of um it's sort of doing what an ABY box would do, but it does four ins, essentially. Yeah, or if you want to run two effects chains, for example. Yeah, you could do that. You know, or if you, like, come stereo out of a delay pedal and you want to run two chains after that, like two re- different reverbs, and then have them sum at the end, you can do that, something like that. You could also run four different effects loops and then sum that down to two. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, like, I think it's a really good thing for, like, synth players. There's a couple of videos. Obviously, Matt always has excellent videos um, for his channel, and he's got one going through his Tetra step, which is his four-step sequence. Like, the step sequence does four steps into a warble swell echo, and then also two Volkers, and then his drone machine, and then he's mixing that all in with the little mixer and playing on them live. So... some of his stuff veers very much more into the kind of production world than it does into guitar, doesn't it? Because this, I think this is meant to be used with things like Volkers and, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I think for guitar, I think my sort of main use would be yeah, running, like I said, I bought last week, I bought that TRI drum machine. Yeah. It'd be able to play my drum machine at the same time as my guitar and just have it go through the amp because I don't want to have to plug into separate monitors and then, you know. Just easier to, and then that means you can run it all through effects pedals and stuff as well. Yeah, so it's, it's basically a cool little pedal board friendly mixer. I like yeah. it. I like it a lot. Right. Some, something else I like are Beatronics pedals, who have just announced the Royal Jelly and the Buzzter. Yes, yeah. So, uh, so Beatronics, a super super popular uh, brand at the moment, they making really cool are. cool really stuff. Yeah, everyone's getting they pretty. Came out, I think at Nam. Last year, yeah, was the first time I saw them, and they had a tiny booth in the basement. Hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, they they are super cool effects builders. So the the um the and, and wait, Matt, weren't you telling me something about the circuit boards are shaped oh, like all bees. the circuit boards are like shaped like bees or like honeycombs or various other bee related things. That's cool. That's super cool. What about the letter B? No, uh, I don't think there's a letter B, unfortunately. But they have mugs with bees on them. I'll take that. So I think I think it's very difficult to create a pedal that's uh, that's doing something different, especially when you're talking about overdrive or fuzz. It's all about regurgitation. But the uh, Beatronics uh, Royal Jelly is uh, is very much um, a step in uh, the direction of new style stuff. In the the controls are, are super sensible, versatile, and designed around how you might actually use something. So this is a three foot switch, double um, overdrive stroke fuzz. So it has two overdrive to fuzz circuits that run in parallel and the rotary uh the rotary control for them moves from overdrive to fuzz as you as you wind through and they're but they're separately voiced as well one king and one queen now so you can blend those up you can also run a preset for each of them that's what your second two foot switches are okay but you can also blend in your dry as well as the level of the effect so um which is exactly kind of what you want uh, on fuzz so that you don't just completely disappear yeah. in the mix it, it makes fuzz applicable to not just weird solo parts um I, I think the controls on that like sound absolutely fantastic so i'm really super excited to to kind of it sounds great you know from what you can ever tell on a set of headphones in a youtube video but um i'd be really excited to have a butchers at that because that does sound super cool and my favorite thing the um the 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 buzzer is uh their preamp stroke boost pedal i'm always i'm getting really into preamps at the moment just off of the back of that um that petty john lift um just because it sounds so good no that's the petty john you're pointing at the petty john uh like petty drive the petty john lift is over there on top of that uh rather nice four watt uh davis oh yeah so it is yeah um but yeah the um yeah the the petty john lift was just one of those uh one of those pedals that really uh adds some some depth to your tone in a way that i can't quite um uh describe the buster from from what it sounds like offers a very similar thing plus um a load of boost so i will be really interested to hear this as well what a cool couple of pedals and all of the btronic stuff looks fantastic as well as being incredibly solidly built so that is a cool addition to the world you really are into preamps at the moment aren't you yeah, yeah i think just so. looking Why? around like well all the stuff that we've got is oh, like yeah. either like clean boost or preamps yeah there's the lunar stone boost what else is there there's the tc electronic spark mini there's the um there's the bright onion soap um what else can you see that's a there's that's an anasound one somewhere isn't there uh oh yeah there's well no the anasound one's the lazy comp but i do have a lot of other boosts there's the awol nano boost the smallest boost pedal in the world that's there um there's a load of other stuff as well there's like the contraband somewhere there's there's a load of boosty things here actually i like boosts uh, well like well, preampy things when people reach out to us and go, oh, you know, we'll send you a couple of pedals, what sort of thing? And I'm like, well, we're into pedals that make you sound better, but don't tend to do a lot. Yeah. And uh, that's why we end up with uh, with so many. Well, yeah. I tell you what, actually, thinking about it, this, um, the JHS, the whatever that orange compressor is that they do. Oh, yeah, uh, the Pulp and Peel. Pulp and Peel. Yeah, that's really that good. That works really well as a preamp as well, because it's got yeah. that kind of drive. I do really, really like that pedal. The Pulp and Peel is super cool, although... 
like as as a compressor because i love compression so much i'm always changing to different things and i recently got the um zvex um philosopher's tone mini and i really think is that, that pigtronics, Z-Vex? pigtronics. Yeah. i always do that with those two brands yeah. the pigtronics uh, philosopher's tone mini and that is an exceptionally great sounding compressor do you know what i was super surprised by this week bear in mind i'm not too fussed about fuzz uh the uh tate effects raise the dead oh yeah yeah that's um a, a fantastic little single control fuzz that i've been really really enjoying i thought you were going to mention Eggitana's classic the spy sound techno foo <laughs> that is up there yeah <laughs> it's such a such a weird pedal so uh, the spy sound techno foo is a micro pedal um, it's, with, about, it's about 300 quid it's about 300 it, pounds yeah isn't it based off a metal zone yeah, it's, it's, gonna, yeah it's, it's, it's a metal zone a really basically. expensive metal zone yeah yeah really expensive metal zone that's got basically a load of flashing lights on the front of it yeah. and it, that's, uh, yeah, that's, it's, it's just mega money it's yeah. so strange it's such a weird 300 battle. pounds yeah exactly do you know what's really cool that I really like at the moment um, well everything by Southampton Pedals who we met at NAM. Have we got some here? Yeah, there's one just behind you, the Utility Knife. Uh, The Utility Knife is their, like, um, it's their modulation multi-tool. So it has, like, tremolo, phaser, flanger, you know, something else, chorus probably. But um, just in, like, a really robust rotary-controlled box. Um, I think it's great. If you use modulation a bit, but not too much, but you use a couple of different things, then I think it's a fantastic pedal to have uh, on your board. Uh, I really like. I, I love how well built the Southampton stuff is. I think it's really cool. Yeah, looks looks fancy indeed. With that, shall we delve into a whole big swimming pool ocean of questions? Yeah. Rob says, having an absolute mare trying to wire up my board with the G2. It won't take two right angle jacks and a single loop. I therefore need straight to angle patch cables and lots of them. Uh, Owing to visual impairment, soldering uh, and the evidence audio uh, kits aren't viable. What are my options? It's all got to go on a pedal train Novo 32, which is proving a mixed blessing. More pedals, yes, but also less threading room for cables. I am not a fan of the Novo pedal boards. Bear in mind I have one and use one. Okay. I don't believe that that they they do offer you more pedals. They don't make any sense. Okay. But they don't make any sense because the idea of the Novo. I mean, was, it's massive. It's I'm, it's sitting right next to it, and it yeah, is massive. Yeah. No, no, but it's wrong. It's a silly size. I've retired that for a reason because they were like, yeah, here's half an extra tier, and it was sort of. I think they came out just before the ES8 came out, and the ES8 really changed things. And I think it was at a time when people would, if you had a switcher. It was probably an Octa switch. And yeah. so it was one of those very, very slim, um, sort of narrow um, switching systems. And this can basically just about fit one of those up in the front. And then you can have two tiers of pedals. But if you're using a boss size switcher, which most people are now, you cannot fit a second tier of pedals on. So it's pointless. What right. it means is you have a massive gap right. between the switcher and, and, and the, the pedal. It doesn't pedals. make any sense. So Matt, if um, how does the G two compare size wise? Um, and uh, what firstly, what patch cables would you use? And secondly, uh, is the Novo thirty two the right board for this job? Uh, yeah, I mean, I must I must agree with Joe on the Novo ones. It's weird because that smaller extra tier I think is for mini pedals, um, and it's kind of like it's not great for us. But you might as well just there's no point if you've got a switcher because it takes up a bunch of tiers anyway. Um, the G2 is a 
roughly the same size um, as the ES8. I think it's slightly bigger, but it suffers, I guess, in a way from the same problems. The fact that switch to get so many loops on there, the jack spacing is really tight. So yeah. right ankle jacks, especially like nitric jacks, if you're using the like chunky fender patch cables, for example, don't fit. So you either have to go for straight soldered cables, which obviously takes up a lot of time, um, or solderless cables. And I think we had a similar question like this before. I definitely remember answering something in the Facebook group before. Um, I switched from George L to the Boss ones because the Boss ones go both right-angled and straight from the same plug. Um, they were easy to use, pretty simple to set up, and then you can go straight out of the um, G2. Plug spacing's really small, and then right-angled on the pedal so you can still bunch your pedals up. How does know, that? Really how does that work with the jacks? Have they got basically an angle thing on them that so yeah, you lose a little, a little dip, so you can yeah. bend the cable down? Right, I see. Well. I see. Um, and they basically are just plug and play. You just pop them in, um, then just tighten up the screw. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So yeah, I, I need to investigate that because I need to tidy up my board. Mm. So maybe I'll pick up some um, some boss. Because there are plenty of great solderless kits out there, and like I said, I'd used George L's for ages. Um, the problem I had was George L stuff became quite expensive, um, and it was also the first solderless cable, and they'd never really updated it, so it became a little bit outdated. In fact, the cable wasn't very flexible, um, the ends were quite chunky, and obviously the manufacturing, the machining of those has got way better and way smaller. Yeah. So for me, that made more sense. I really like the evidence ones, but the problem I have with the evidence ones is that there's too many processes to get them to work okay you end up ruining your thumb because you have to like strip the cable peel away all the copper thread on the outside then cut a little bit of the inner layer so you've got the single strand in the middle then insert it into the end then bend it over then put the cap then tighten it up yeah right um, it's like and it's they are great but they're also, once again, they are relatively expensive. I mean, and just ruin your thumb. I, w- I would say that they're they're not great. Tim, uh, the guitarist in in my band, got um, spent a chunk of money on those, and uh, his board goes down more now due to patch cables than it did when he was using like cheap rotor sound ones. I think they're a false economy. But I've always said this. I think the whole concept of solderless uh, patch cables is a false economy oh, i think yeah. everyone will abandon it in a few years when they re- realize that it's rubbish and you well, can't I guess, actually i guess it's just building a custom board like this though is you know how can you use standard patch cables if mm. you're building a board like this you just can't use standard i mean patch i guess cables. the same way that literally everyone did ever for like the last 30 well years. yeah but not with these switching systems mm. like this because the jacks true. are so close together true. so true. that's the difference yeah. i think and i think the thing is is people 30 years ago People didn't change the pedals that much because there wasn't that much to change. Basically, had a Boss pedal or an electroharmonics pedal or maybe an MXR pedal. You'd but put, now people you'd... change their rigs so often. It's like solderless, soldered cables, unless you can bother to sit there and solder them. It's always always the problem. But I mean, mm. I, I agree. You know, soldered cables are really sturdy. They're just, if you've, like I said, visual impairment, obviously it doesn't make it easier to solder those things. Yeah. Um, but I, I found the biggest, the thing that I bought that made the, the biggest difference was a really decent cable tester. Just to make sure that you've got it yeah, spot just to make on sure you've got it. it you can, well, with the boss ones, I actually build the cables into the in the cable tester and then get them so the lights come on and they work and then test them and then you like just properly pull them so you know there's no loose connections or breaking, you know, in it. And then I've not had any problems. When I didn't have a cable tester, it was so often just like trial and error, plugging into the amp, like tapping the end, going, Oh yeah, that's all right can't really test if it's like working if you bend it or not and i had way more problems now don't have any yeah yeah 
Good, good stuff. Well, we're going to answer some more of your questions over on this week's Patreon episode. Patreon. If you want to hear it, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds, where from as little as $1 a month, you can support the Guitar Nerds podcast. Guitar Nerds. From $5 a month, you get the regular episode. Um, oh, sorry. No, one, $1. $1 a month. You, you don't get, have to pay 5 You can get $1. $1 a month, you get the regular episode ad-free and early. At $5 a month, you get an extra half an hour every week, plus access to the back catalogue of all the extra episodes. There's something like, so we're up at episode 167 or 168 maybe it's 169 this one um so there's like probably about half of that worth of hours because we do half an hour every week so that's a lot yeah that's a lot isn't it i was thinking about doing another mini series yeah well yeah i mean that's the other thing that you get at the five dollar tier you get access to exclusive interviews and the mini series like branton's ranton yeah i want to do a new one called joe's junk okay and I'm sure everyone would pay to see and hear Joe's junk. Yeah, it's going to be great. What's it going to consist of? I'm going to talk about my junk. Good. There's so a lot of it here. You can get that at patreon.com forward slash guitarnerds. The other thing you can get at the $10 tier is you can have your name read out on the regular episode every week by Joe Branton in one breath. We've had some more people uh, this week. <laughs> and one pe- of which people is... People are making up names. People are using longer names than ever to make <sighs> this more difficult for you. I noticed last week was a struggle. Um, so this week we've got three names, one of which has four names within the name. Great. Um, so uh, this is going to be interesting, I think. So here we go. These are your Patreon backers for this month. Marin Peters, Golden G. Richard III, Sean Arbo, Chris Wolfman, Cuthbertson, Ryan McDermott, Robert Cousins, Rob Gruel, Nate Nagel, Tucker Amadon, Emery Cooper, Emery James Baker, Christoph Rapsis, Zane Omar, Matt Roberts, Dave Lee, Derek Witzer, Martin Cliff, Matt Davis, Aaron Sherman, Blake Wyland, Jake Gray, Christopher Lowsat, Juan Correa, Scott Kennedy, Robin Smith, Rob Nordvik, Rob Grant, Derek Rich, Chris Connors, Andy Joyce, Carlos Mann, Steve Merkel, Blair Toms, Mark Cross, Brad Page, Janie Short, Andy McKenzie, Laurie Anstis, Paul Corrigan, Will Clare, Scott O'Brien, Phil Thompson, Moo Gravit, Colin Anderson. See, no little outro speech there because it is definitely getting to the point where this is hard to do in one breath. Uh, yeah, thanks, Golden G. Richard III. <laughs> the best name we've had sign up for the Patreon yet. I love it. Thank you so much, Golden G. Richard III, for uh, for joining in. If you want to join in the conversation, you can join all of those people that you just heard over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Guitar Nerds Forum. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Guitar Nerds. You can go to YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Guitar Nerds videos uh, where you can see the latest video about the weirdest signature pedals ever and also you can visit the guitar nerds site guitarnerds.net which has had a bit of a spruce up recently um and you can catch the latest video latest podcasts all the instagram stuff and even send us a message if you want to um from guitarnerds.net thanks very much for listening this week and we'll see you next time farewell goodbye Mom does. 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.